I, I don't even know how to describe it even remotely appropriately. It's they look at us like we're from a, you know, we're, we're an alien coming in from a foreign planet, trying to take, trying to colonize yeah. their company. And it's, it's, there's a hostile reaction to it in a lot of places. And it leads me to believe that if I was a consultant, if I was an independent consultant, I would never get any work because left would bring me in and say, I want to go agile. I would, I would just say to him, no, you don't. No, you don't. Here's what it's going to entail. Do you really want to do this? No, you don't want to do this. So why yeah. don't you just give me 1500 bucks and I'll go about my business and we can both go back to our lives being happy. I always said, I always said it. it's that it was whatever the title that we have, like whatever level that we're at within the organization, we're always going to be at the kitty table. knows what we do and that can feel very lonely which is a great way to start this episode of the agile uprising podcast (laughs) i am not saying greetings because the usual host is not the host this time but he is here (laughs) um i am merman uh i have uh left and hershko with me and and what feels like mostly due to my my personal issues it taken it's taken forever for us to schedule a podcast to talk about loneliness um so here we are the day when we get to be off working let's talk about work right (laughs) Um, get us ready get us ready for what's about to start again sure why not let's uh let's get especially because i'm going to turn this sucker around quick um what a great way to start the year off by but uh let's let's reframe some stuff that we've had um if if you're if you're a tortured enough soul that reads chrismerman.com i wrote a few months ago or a couple months ago about loneliness and i strangely one of the most if you read through it it, it can read through kind of despondently and and very very uh very dour in my tone of voice and such, it was probably the most popular podcast or po- popular blog I've ever written in my, in my, in my blog journey. It was shared more. It was talked about more. We talked about like every single podcast in 2022. It feels like I, t- I heard about loneliness from next big idea to Freakonomics to hidden brain. Like they all talked about happiness, uh, happiness project. Like they all talked about loneliness. So um, so and Andrew left, let me start by asking you, like, how comfortable, like, if this is a topic for you too, Jay, like, how comfortable are we talking about this? Like, like, really, like, we, you, we, the three of us have talked about it, because I've brought y'all in, you know, y'all are part of my personal life as well. And y'all are great friends. But like, how comfortable are you talking about loneliness? I'm pretty comfortable. I mean, I feel like, um, I, I try and show up as vulnerable as, as vulnerable as I could be. I mean, I don't think loneliness should be a shameful topic. No, we all experience it. No, it's a it's a human thing. It's a human thing. Um, I just I talk about it all the time. I mean, the last couple of years have been kind of fucking nuts, and it really pushed us. I mean, humanity as a whole, it pushed us psych. Well, especially in the weird world, right, the Western world. It pushed us truly to the brink of how humans can inter- how how successful can humans be when isolated from each other? 
Because, you know, Mervyn, you just mentioned the happiness advantage, right? And there's the stuff with, with the, the moral molecule by Paul Zak, where we deal with humans deal with, with ostracization, ostracization. Jesus, that was a big word for being sober. Um, <laughs> we experience that being part of the outgroup like physical pain. It, it is comparable to a physical malady, how we experience that. And we literally force everyone to feel that as the world's worst sociology experiment. Right. Like, oh, just go home and deal with it. And some people didn't deal. I mean, I, I, I didn't deal with it. Well, I, I've admitted that on multiple podcasts. Right. Like, yeah, you're going to tell an extrovert to stay in the fucking house. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Sock puppet shows. Eventually that gets old, man. It gets old. <laughs> now. All right. Now, to be clear, because this is my second question. Do 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 you feel like JL ask you first? Do you feel like people truly know the difference between loneliness and being alone like do you do you feel like that's a distinction people can make it's a bit of a nuance and i'm not sure that everybody can because there is a difference between being alone and being lonely so for example my wife left today she's gone for a week she's going away for a week um she's dog sitting with her girlfriend up in north jersey Uh, or she's with her other boyfriend whatever um and (laughs) i'm alone but I'm not necessarily lonely. Now I can tell you by about she's gone for a week. Halfway through the week, I'll start to feel lonely. Sure, I'll start to feel like there's a part of me, and I and I maybe you know here we go back to semantics. Loneliness to me is the feeling like something is missing. The feeling like I am not fully whole. That's how I experience loneliness. And to fill that space, it's either the presence of another person or being out with people and and. There is a difference between being lonely and being alone. And some people are comfortable being alone and that's okay, right? We all know the introverts, that's fine. You know, whatever whatever works for you. But there's times I think where, to your point, Mervyn, I think this is a problem with you're scratching at. There are times where people think they're okay being alone and they're actually not. Yeah. And that self-reflection is probably, you know, the first step to fixing a problem is admitting you have a problem. Like that's probably paramount. For a lot of people, because I don't think a lot of people dealt with the two years we were locked in the house. I don't think they really dealt with the feeling of, oh my God, I'm alone. Certainly, all certainly the divorce rate improving as those people de- <laughs> de- dealing. Man, if dealing. I knew then what I knew now, the two things I would have invested in were funeral homes and divorce uh, attorneys, right? Like that would have been the two <laughs> things to make a lot yeah. of money in short Tesla stock, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, what you're describing, and I'll throw that to you after this left, but what you're describing is something that can be provable, right? Like I can physically prove whether I'm alone or not, right? There is another present, like that is quantifiable. And yet the other one is something that's hard to quantify, right? Like, cause it's a feel like that, like I've looked up all the definitions. I tried to compare the definition between being alone and loneliness and, and every, every place I looked was, is the feeling of being alone, like the the great, you know, the the it being a room full of strangers and still feeling alone, like that's how you describe loneliness. So, like, so it, maybe does that yeah. need to be changed? Does that definition? I I, I'm not I'm not trying to pick a fight with Merriam Webster, but left, do you think that needs to be changed? Because I would almost argue that to me, the definition of loneliness is the feeling of being without something the feeling of incompleteness and and loneliness doesn't necessarily to me at least it's not necessarily solved by another person it can be solved by an activity so what do you think left are we just 
Are we not defining loneliness in the right way? Um, I, I think it's personal. I, I think everyone can define it in their own way. I think if the standard, right, is, is you know, whatever the dictionary tells us, that's that's one way to put it. But, you know, how many times have we been in relationships, whether personal or professional, where we're surrounded by people and we still feel very lonely, right? Sometimes it can feel lonelier. Yep. Right. Like in a bad marriage, right? For example, being divorced, sometimes it feels lonelier being with somebody that doesn't want you around or has no desire to interact with you than it does to actually be alone. So I think right. there's various degrees, like anything, but I do think that um, it's terribly personal when we talk about loneliness too. And especially some of the it 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 kind of aligns to some of the work that we do or the work we do is not always in favor of the mass majority right we it takes a lot of momentum which can oftentimes feel lonely since we're cutting against the grain right like we've been doing it this way for 20 years blah 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 why do we need to change now well here's some opportunities it often feels like a lonely effort to go that route because it isn't you know, you really are cutting against the grain. It's like mixing patterns, right? Like yeah. some people can wear plaids and stripes. Some people can't pull that off, right? It's all how you, it's all, it's it's kind of like walking down the street with purpose, right? Somebody that walks with purpose seems to be carrying themselves differently than somebody that is just kind of aimlessly wandering, right? Yeah. You can almost feel the difference when, when they pass you. Yeah, I, I see personally, I don't think that I could pull off uh light colored uh light colored eyeglasses but like what jay's got with like the beard and it kind of matches his beard like it's just it's really cool this is, that, like, this is camouflage man when you look at the glasses you don't look at the rest of the back <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's basically magic it's distraction right i'm i'm the world's fattest uh what's his name who was the guy that used to you know hide shit all the time not houdini chris whatever it is chris angel yeah Oh yeah. <laughs> Misdirection. But, but you're, you're right though, Lef. I mean, there, I mean, there is that sense of being alone in a crowd. There is, I mean, there's times when you're around people, but you don't feel like you're part of it, yeah. you know? And that's, I guess maybe Merman and Mookin, people need to be more honest with themselves on how they really feel. Right. Yeah. I, the, the definition that I like the most is, is, is when it is it said feeling sad and unhappy about, being socially isolated right like that goes back to you can be alone and you can feel alone in a marriage right or you can feel lonely in a in a crowd um you know when you it used to be my favorite place to write was at a starbucks like in the morning rush because there's this buzz of people coming in and out none of them are interacting with you and i've got you know noise canceling headphones on just with whatever i'm listening to and there's all this commotion and stuff and yet nobody is interacting with you that's a positive way to look at being isolated because again nobody's looking at me talking to me whatever i'm mostly ignored right and yet i never felt lonely there because i was part of something yeah. Right. And and as I explored the top, that's when that's when the blog post really kind of seemed to write itself. Um, but for for those that I've never have never heard me say, like my writing process is basically I think about a topic enough till the words just flow out of me and I can't type fast enough. Like that's what like I, feeling a part of something was and the lack thereof, you know, but Jay, before you jumped on left and I were talking about 
you know, are you, when you first jumped on about feeling like we're at the kitty table in our work, like, doesn't matter what you title us, doesn't matter what, you know, how I'm positioned in the organization at some point in time, all of us, everybody listening to this podcast knows what it's like to have an idea thrown out there. You throw out the idea and crickets or, or minimization of the, of the idea or you, or, well, you just don't get it. Or maybe in that industry it worked, but not in this, like yeah. left and when left and I were with SIQ, we heard that all the time. Well, that may work in insurance, but not at banks, or that may work at financial institutions, but not at, you know, not at telecommunications or whatever, right? There's right. a million, you can, you can minimize every single idea that I have because I just don't understand. And I feel like that's, if I could quantify quote unquote agile loneliness, it's whatever, or whatever our work, lonely in our work is, you're the only one in the call that that feels that way. And you can, and you are easily dismissed because you just don't get it. You know what I mean? So, um, okay, last Last of the last of the openers, and then we can really get into like how we can really tell what's going on. Cause I really wanted to talk about like when we when we how do you how can you tell when someone's experiencing what can we do about it and how to like how do we approach this in a way? Because I'd really actually like to make this action oriented as opposed to just morose kind of acknowledgement of the terrible things. Jay, you <laughs> talked you talked about how I'm I'm I, I'm whatever my superpower is, is I know how to share what I'm feeling in a way that makes me not want to seem like I want to hang myself. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I just, uh, I know how to, sh I know how to share my feelings and that's, it's just what I do. So it, do you, so Lef, you go first this time. Um, do you feel like that in the last three years that we've just, just now discovered how bad loneliness is, or do you feel like it's gotten worse or is it both or neither? Uh, um, I don't think it's been, I, I mean, I, to me, it's, it's something that at least, okay, for me, I've experienced my whole life. So I don't know if it's just been isolated to the past couple of years. And I kind of have almost embraced it in a way to use it as a crutch, right? To use it as an excuse for possibly not pushing myself or seeing past it, right? Like this overarching kind of feeling, whether it presents itself or manifests itself as loneliness or depression or isolation. I think it has been amplified in the past three years due to the fact that a lot of us, right? At least I'll speak for myself, traveled every week, right? In a new place, you know, constantly having to, and I'm not the most outgoing, of individuals, right? It takes a lot of energy for me to kind of put myself out there. So not having that, uh, you know, push has, has kind of made me more of a recluse where I don't need, I'm not pushing myself. So that loneliness does creep in a little bit more and it's almost comforting. I know it's always there. I know it'll be consistent. I know I can lean into it and use it as an excuse not to push myself to do the things yeah. I know I should be doing. So I think to me, it's become da more damaging because I've I've taken advantage of it in a way that I should be kind of not right. Like I just should oh, not do sure. those things. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. I'm so I find it easier to put myself out there, but 
when I am not met with the response that I want, I would tend to pull back in the last three years, I pull back quicker. So like, I still put myself out there really quickly, but it takes just the slightest amount of like, you know, I read something that Jay writes on discord the wrong way. And all of a sudden I'm pulling back and being like, Jay hates me. He never wants to do anything with me ever again. I'm, I'm, I'm just using your name <laughs> as a reference, Jay, but like, you know what I mean? So like I pull back quicker than I used to. So I don't know, Jay, what about you? Um, so to answer your, your lead off question, it's loneliness right now is a lot like the whole mental health thing where it's always been a concern. People who have had at least some semblance of empathy to other humans have realized that mental health is important, right? right? We've we as coaches, we probably see it more than most because the shit that we're taught in these classes is dripping with it, right? So we were more we I, I would say our spider sense was more highly attuned to it than it seemed like everybody else. Not to say that we're better, we're just different due to our training and our experiences. And then all of a sudden, we locked everybody in their basements. And mental health became a thing. Well, it's not that it became a thing. It's always been a thing. It's just because you had a much larger population, maybe showing the signs of strain, it was something that's more, it's 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 shifted in the Overton window to be socially acceptable to talk about at work. Things like, I'm really struggling right now. Things like, I'm de- you know, I don't like being stuck in the house. Things like, I feel lonely. So I don't know if it's if it's changed as much as I guess I'm, I I just talked myself into my own explanation. The Overton window has shifted about what is acceptable discourse when it comes with dealing with coworkers, you know, and mm-hmm. the idea of loneliness and and mental health is now it's not off the table like it used to be. Right, right. We in, in our childhoods we had we had don't ask, don't tell. Right. right. If y'all, if y'all remember that. And then right. that went away. And then all of a sudden it became the talk about it. It just became OK to talk about I, if, if if the last three years has made it OK to say to tell your boss, I need a mental health day and then you not get judged for it or, hey, I just don't got it today. I feel like I feel like in most organizations, we're allowed to say that now. So it it, it is a good thing that we are more aware of it. And yet at the same time, we're. I, so I wrote today about, about mental toughness, right? And like, so mental health was step one of, we all need to make it okay to talk about our mental health. But I feel like in 2023, we can't just, just talk about the health. That's the awareness, right? So we're paid to be aware of what's going on. So we're just more aware of everybody being, you know, lonely. And like, we're supposed to notice the person, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. We're supposed to be able to notice the person that's being a little too reclusive or a little too quiet, a little more quieter than, than normal. Like that goes back to my scrum master days of like, I should be able to tell that the, that the engineer in the room who's normally saying something is saying nothing or the tester that's saying nothing is saying something. And I'm, I'm picking random roles that say this kind of a thing. So like awareness, it, it's almost to the point now where awareness is about to not be enough. I'm not saying it, I'm not putting everybody on notice. I'm just saying in 2023, if all you're talking about is how we need to be aware of mental health, awareness ain't going to cut it anymore. We have to start taking steps. Being being able to say I'm lonely is about to like, hopefully we're destigmatizing it to the point now where, okay, that's great, but you can't just say I'm lonely and then I leave you alone about it at this, like at some point in time, you got to start taking a step forward. Does that, does that resonate at all? Yeah. Can we can we talk about the insanity of if we think about at work, right? 
it, it, it is easier to talk about what you do with your genitals than your mental health. It is more socially acceptable to talk about whom you're attracted to or what you want to do behind closed doors than, hey, you know what? I'm lonely and I feel kind of depressed and I'm anxious and I need someone to talk to. Can I think about us as humans, how fucking weird we are? Like it's, it's I, I, you know, we can, again, we can talk about what we do in the boudoir and that's okay at work, right? We, we have entire holidays for it. But to say I'm lonely and I'm really kind of struggling and I need some support, up until now has been totally remote. <laughs> There's some weird, weird. I thought you were about to say it's okay for us to talk about vasectomies at work. I, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. By the way, uh, we're just going to drop you, that. If the doctor tells you you need to be put out, find another doctor. We're just going to we're gonna bingo that away. Left. Okay, fair okay. enough. Yeah, but no, I think I think Jay raises a, an interesting point, and it's something that you know, being of my age and in the industry, is we've been conditioned a certain way, right? There's certain things you talk about, and there's certain things you don't. Now there's been a you know a fundamental change, and I think we're now starting to feel the effects of those changes in the workplace, and I think this boils down to really the themes across. I, so. I'm going to pose two scenarios, right? I'm going to kind of talk about trust, right? So do I trust people with my feelings, right? And that stems all the way back to, you know, whatever psychological damage we've experienced through our life. And then the other thing is when someone says they're lonely, what do you do with that? How far do you go? How much do you probe and pry and try and extract, right? Or do you just like, I don't know what to do a lot of that. You know, I'm not a professional psychiatrist, psychologist. I don't know, you know, what the appropriate thing to do is. I don't expect my company to train me for that, right? In the workplace at home, you know, when I talk to, to, to my spouse, she's like, when I feel lonely, I just want you to give me a hug. Why can't we get to a place in our lives with our professional situation or personal situation where people feel comfortable to articulate what they need. And that be okay, right? Like what's the professional version of, I just need a It hug. may like, not be okay, but it may not be okay. So let's that's talk telling. about that. That's right? telling. So if, if you can tell that in an interview that that's an organization that's not gonna be okay with that, is that a company you wanna work at? But, but even that statement, is it okay, right? That is, that is truly a personal thing. Right. That is truly a personal thing. It's like to your example, F, where you said, um, I just I just wrote it down. Do I trust people with my feelings? Right. Um, there is something to be said about the the understanding that I guess it comes with maturity for all of us. There, there is something to be said with the understanding that, you know, my feelings are mine. And when I tell you I'm feeling X, that's me expressing to you what's going on in my head. So maybe you can understand why I am being the way I am at this time, right? In this, in this context. Um, but you also touched on inadvertently the, when someone says to us, I feel lonely, I feel anxious, I feel scared, I feel tired. As humans, we want to help them. And our first reaction is to say, our first thing, our brain just starts kicking up and saying, well, what can I do? How can I help this person? Where to your point left, it is kind of uncomfortable. So to the, sometimes we're, the best thing you can do is, 
How do you gracefully acknowledge that someone has shared their feelings with you without insulting them, without trying to solve their problem? Like this is, now we're getting into like the clean language. And like you said, true, like true psychology, the, the psychiatrist aspect of it, where none of us are really trained to do that. I mean, I can get someone to kill themselves. It's probably not the best life coach job I would ever want. But it's, what you're really doing is when I say to you, Lef, I'm really lonely right now. Maybe I'm just looking for acknowledgement. And it, and 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 let's take a moment to be to be um, to be um, understanding of what our, our managers and our leaders go through, right? When you have a one-on-one with someone and someone says, "Man, I am just miserable and depressed," right? And even if you have a good relationship with that person, a solid emotional connection, it can still be really dicey. Yeah, it can be gnarly yeah. to try and get through one of those conversations. Well, yeah, there's that I, whole that, that do no harm aspect too. Is what you're you're saying to like how do you listen to them without? Uh, you don't want to minimize yeah. them, but yeah. you, you acknowledge it. But like, I don't know. That goes back to the whole like, okay, what do you need me to do in this conversation? Do you just want to talk, or do you want me to do do something back? Like, what do you? I don't know. Go ahead, left. Yeah. No, no, and I think it's it also the reason why I was kind of chomping at the bit was. I, I used to joke about this, but it actually, to me, it makes sense. It's when I can talk trash about my family all day long. I can put them down. I can be, you know, mean. I can, but the minute someone else does, mm-hmm. they've crossed the line, right? Like I've given yep. them permission to follow my lead, yet I don't, I don't like it, right? Like I, you can't, you have not earned that right. And I feel like a lot of times, if I'm willing to share my feelings with somebody <clears throat> or someone sharing, how do you take their feelings and not do in that situation, right? There's certain things. Where's the line? And I think we all have trouble defining what that line is for ourselves or it's it's moving, right? It's always moving. So, some people I'll accept it from, others I won't. So it makes it really hard to, it, it goes back to your original question, Chris, or Merm, sorry, I won't use your first name since we don't use first <laughs> names. Um you know, how do you define this? And I don't know if you can do a blanket statement for everyone. And I think that's why this makes this a hard discussion is because it's hard to make a blanket statement for everybody since everyone is so different and feelings, especially loneliness can be a huge trigger. And if we don't actually spend the time to understand what triggers us, how to be okay with being triggered, how to separate ourselves from a triggering situation, or even acknowledge that it's a trigger, to understand how to take that and do something other than make an enemy or get pissed off or write somebody off and say, screw that person. You know, they, they crossed the line with me. Well, I never knew where the line was, right? Yeah. I'm more than happy to apologize, but it's, it feels already too late. I've already screwed up. And the line could just always be in flux for every single one of us. You know, like the, there's the, there's the day that our, you know, that our, that our wives all, you know, can, can look at us and say something that they've said before. And just for however I'm showing up that day, I'm a bit touchy to it. And so it makes it to where you're like, I don't ever, you know, that, that notion of, I don't yeah. know where the line is and, and which, which makes the question of how can we tell if someone's feeling lonely maybe it's impossible to answer. So is, is that, I mean, Jay, do you feel like that's the case? I don't know. I mean, cause I, I, I think about it and I've never actually had, I've never actually had someone say to me, I'm lonely, right. In those exact words, but 
it's kind of there. It's going back to <clears throat> your point about how do you acknowledge someone's feelings. So what do I say if, if someone says to me, one of my employees says to me, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling really kind of depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's tough, right? It's tough to have that. Oh, well, well, what follows that? Well, do I say, I'm sorry to hear that. Do I say, how can I help? Do I say, do you want me to help? <laughs> do I do I make some like kind of SNL remark and say, I'm acknowledging that you feel depressed, right? Like a, like kind of like minutes, meeting minutes, you know, like I, it, it's tough. And, and even with the same person, to your point left, right? Uh, no, Mervin, to your point, you just made it. Where your wife could say the same thing to you 10 times. And that 11th time she says it, for whatever reason that day, it pisses you off, right? every situation is completely unique. And I don't, you know, if someone says to me, I'm kind of depressed right now. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. In my, in my blog post, I wrote about the topic. I said, perhaps we aren't the only ones feeling what we are or how we are or how we got there, but we don't feel accepted by others. Right. Like that was how, that's how loneliness manifests for me is that I, I either this group of people accepted me when I first started and now they don't, right? This team has expressed trust in me and now they don't. One person who I always could count on for whatever reason, they're having a bad day. It's so crazy how everybody else can affect where I am on the loneliness spectrum. Most of the time without even knowing it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the standup where the scrum master or product owner, it usually shows up one way, man, they just might be having a shitty morning, you know? And then all of a sudden now you, and that puts pressure on, you know, cause nobody should ever have to have the burden of if you, I, uh, years ago, one of my peers, when I was at bottle rocket, he would say like, Hey, like it was when I was going through my divorce. I'm he's like, I know you're hurting but people need you. Like, he's like, you need to, and he looked at me in the eye and said, you need to show the fuck up for them. And, and at the time I know where he was coming from, but looking back, I also could, if I had not accepted, you know, received that well, it could be like the whole burden of everybody's psyche is dependent upon me and how yeah. I run a, a DSU. You know what I mean? Like, man, that's a lot of pressure to put on some, you know, these stupid professional not stupid the athletes themselves aren't stupid but the fact that we put all this pressure on one dude to make a shot or catch a ball or or whatever like man that's a lot of pressure to to have you know i it's 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 almost um it's something that's impossible to measure you know quantify yeah all of a sudden i need to be able to so maybe maybe another way to put it is is what are some phrases or wordings do you feel like other than just the obvious of jay you said nobody's ever said i'm lonely right now i i have texted the the words i feel lonely uh in the last few months just because i've tried it out you know what i mean like i said i sent it to lockard once a couple months ago and he's like well he's like i don't know what you can do like get up here and see me man like i'd love to see you and granted he was trying to be helpful and and there's nothing wrong with his response. And yet at the same time, like 
So uh, anyway, it's, it's because it's messy and those humans, we, we don't know how to react. Yes, we, we want to help. Uh, we want to help. We want to fix. We want to help. We want to f- caring about someone means you want to fix it or you want to help. Both of you are, have been very kind to me, you know, over the years of knowing me, like, so other than saying I'm lonely, what do you like eat both of you? Like, what are some, what are some wordings that could mean I might, you might need to ask further. I might be feeling a little lonely right now. Um, huh. Like even the phrase, like I'm struggling right now. Could that, that could, that could mean maybe, yeah. maybe it's not just lonely, like just feeling, feeling in a, in a, in an unhealthy state that might need a follow-up question. So if someone came to me, you know, so when someone comes to you and says, you know, I'm kind of struggling, they say, I'm kind of struggling right now. That's the, that's an opportunity to say, oh, well, let's talk more about that. Let's right. talk more about that. The problem is, and I do it, and I know we all do it. We do it inadvertently. Once a person tells you something that you feel like you can offer advice to fix, you flip over. That's what you start saying. Like, like you know, we're going to pick a locker, right? Dude, I don't know what your problem is. Come visit me, right? Like, I mean, if you if you texted me out of the blue and said I'm lonely, I would, myself would come back with some wise-ass comment. That might be more geographic location and where we grew up, but that's really, you know, but I guess the the advice for anybody listening is that you know sometimes people sometimes people just want to talk, they just want to talk, and they don't want you to solve for it. They just want to talk, and I guess the uh, true empathy and which is the hardest human human emotion to 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 expend. It's it's draining on both parties. The hardest thing to do is try to figure out when does if left is my employee, when does he just want to just talk and vent, or when is he looking to help me solve a problem. When, when am I looking, you know, when is, when does he really want my help? And uh, I, I, I do this to every boss I've ever had. There's times where I'll just say, look, I'm just going to rant right now. I don't want you to help me fix this, but I got to get this off my chest. And then yeah. I, you know, I turn into, you know, liar, liar. Like it all just comes out like insanity. Right. But it, well, and but that's, the, that's, the- I guess for everybody listening, right. When you're just, I guess the hint would be if you want to just vent and just get it off your chest, Tell that to someone before you start doing it. And we yeah. always can't do that. But just to give them give them a little bit of space to say, I'm just going to vent right now, man. My wife hates me. My cat is sick. My dog is pregnant. I'm, I'm fat, is fatter than I've ever been. My hair is going the way of the dodo. Like, like I just want to vent. I don't want you could help me fix probably most of those things. Right? But yeah. You, you, you actually, you have that ability. And I don't think most people do. I don't think most people have the ability to say, I'm going to talk and I just need, I don't need you to do anything. I just need to listen. Like at the, the amount of, the amount of like, just the fact that we could give people that dignity of, I don't need you to fix anything. Now it's like, if it's like, I do need you to fix something. You don't need to tell people that because naturally people want to do that. If you just could say, can I just vent for about, you know, 180 yeah. seconds like could i just do that and then we could talk about whatever we want to do afterwards kind of a thing like that's 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 a you're right that is a it's, big deal like it's hard it's hard but may, i mean so i am i am part of a max pair <laughs> salt and pepper shakers um there's another person who's running the transformation with me and she is ten thousand times more talented she has more talent in her pinky in their pinky nail than i have Right. And there are times where we'll call each other up and say, look, I just want to vent. Give me, give me a minute. I'm just going to get this out. And right. you get it out and 
you feel better. And when I'm on the receiving end, I feel better that I helped her feel better, right? Because she vented to me. And then sometimes the conversation picks back up with, oh, so what do we do with these feelings we've just talked about? Or sometimes it's just, okay, moving along. Yeah. So Lef, what are, what are some other things that you've heard people say before that maybe could be considered a type of loneliness? I mean, I, I guess I'm struggling with separating loneliness from depression a bit. So well, maybe it's all the same. It, it could be. And it, it could be. It, it, you know, I've had a lot of people I don't feel like getting out of bed. Right. Like, I don't want to I don't want to do anything today. I just want to be by myself or whatever. It could just be super hard to get somebody out the door or there's just this resistance to doing anything. There's just no motivation. You could feel it. Right. And that it pollutes the water in a way that makes you almost you can become resentful. You can become fatigued. You can become just I don't want to interact with them anymore. And it's it's interesting not to bring it back, but something that Jay said that that I, I wholeheartedly believe we want to fix pe- things, right? And not everything needs a fix. Going back to I just want to vent. But I yeah. think it's hard for us to articulate what we need in the moment when we may not know. So we put the the kind of onus on someone else to figure it out. And then we become resentful for them trying, right? Like, don't fuck with my feelings. Don't do that. Don't, you know, I, you, you don't have permit. And it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? It's, it's impossible when you're in a certain mind frame. And I think that's also part, like, what is going on when you feel lonely? What would make you feel better? Or do you just want to feel the way you're feeling, right? And you just want to be miserable. I, excuse me, at home, I might be like, I've had a really rough day at work. I need time and I need people to leave me alone, right? It's not personal. It's nothing you did. We're not ending our relationship. I'm not going to go, you know, pack my bags. I just need a couple hours to kind of get over this because if, if I don't have that time, it, everyone's life is going to be miserable because I'm miserable right now. And I think that, I don't know if that's maturity. But you verbalize that, don't you? Yes. I do. Verbalize that. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes a lot of energy to do that. Yeah. And I'm not consistent, right? There's some days where I'm like, right. I don't, I just, I just want to be pissed off and I want everyone to know to leave me alone, but then I'll give them a hard time for leaving me alone. Cause I'm like, well, now I feel lonely. Cause you didn't ask me what's wrong. Right. So it's this constant kind of psychosis. That's like, no one can do anything right in the moment. And that's a really hard place for people to be. And I, I've, I have to be it's, so self-aware. <laughs> I have to be it's honest. Like it, it's like this vicious circle of like, does loneliness beget depression or does depression beget loneliness? Or is it all part of the same cycle of something feels off? I, it could be a million things. It could be a million other things, right? It could be because we, um, I've, I say this, I've said this in so many interviews over the last bit of time like I bring my whole self every day as a way of describing like you don't get just this little part of me that I pull out of a box for eight to ten hours a day and and do this stuff and then I put it back in the box and it goes cleanly back in the box there's no mess whatsoever I take it out of the box the fact that we ever thought that that was the case is is silly to me I mean you got, but now you got me thinking, right? So 
everyone has always Uh-oh. brought their whole selves to work. We always have throughout history as humans. Is it is it now not the not, and I'm not attacking you, Mervin. I'm thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's not that now it's okay to bring your whole self to work. Maybe in the past. People didn't want you bringing your God gratuitous air quotes. This is terrible fucking audio. People didn't want you bringing your whole stuff to work because they didn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, for your example, like when someone's going through a divorce, right? That is probably one of the most painful things you will go through short of losing a, a, a spouse, a child, or a parent, right? It's it's up there. And sure. we say, don't bring your, you know, you can't bring your personal life to work with you. Well, well bullshit, because your, your personal life is, it's it's you, it's part of you. I think we, I think people used to say that because it was easier to say that than to deal with the lead weight of, I have my friend who's going through a divorce and my heart cries out for them and I can't help. And I feel so useless, but, and I want to help them, but I don't know how, and you know, it, 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 it sets, it's like waves, it sets off waves and everyone around you. Sure. So I, maybe it comes down to just, you know, vocally saying, look, I, I need to, like you said, there's times I come up out of the basement. It's look, I'm just, I just had a shitty day. If you talk to me right now, I know I'm going to be an asshole and say something stupid. So just yeah. leave me alone and let me, let me wallow in my own self pity right. for like an hour. And then we'll have dinner and then everything will be fine. But sometimes you got to just, you need that. Maybe, maybe that's it left. It's the, it's the verbal acknowledgement of what you're going on, of what's going on. Maybe that kind of, I don't know, level sets everything because people understand that, oh, he's, I'm just being cranky. Leave me alone. Give me, give me a half hour. I'll get over it. You know? Yeah. Well, it, so it, um, it, it begs the question of, as I'm thinking of like, okay, well, what could we do about it? Right. It, it almost, do you feel like, um, if three people and there's many listeners that, that would, I would hope that would consider themselves in the same category as aspiring self-aware peoples. We're better some days than others. If we as aspiring self-aware people can um, be a little more transparent about that, maybe if we, maybe if I am the person that says depression or I voice mental health challenges that I'm having, um, speak showing where I'm at on the spectrum today. Um, I I used to I used to tell brand new coaches all the time you know, start your day with spend five minutes writing and saying, how am I showing up today for people that need me? Right. How am I showing up? And just knowing how you're showing up develops this awareness and develops this muscle that we should be having. So do you all feel like, do you feel like that if there's truly no way to hundred percent tell, right. And if our job and if, and if people that are lonely just need us to listen, and if they need something, if we make them feel heard, make them feel listened, right, that they will ask for something, day off, someone to talk to, your personal cell number, like whatever, right? Like, if we do that, like, doesn't that start with, I'm taking, I'm not saying fabricate loneliness or whatever, but can I use how I feel as an opportunity to say, you being this way is okay. Is, is that a fair, is that a fair ask? Or is that putting too much pressure on us? It might put a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit on us. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking I mean, this is the, with you all. Is the, is the best response to some of these emotionally tricky conversations at work to say to someone flat out, 
I'm not sure what you would like me to do with this information, which sounds so cold and impersonable. But but at the same time, I, I, again, a, a great one of the best coaches I know said to me once, um, you are not responsible for another person's trauma or another person's emotional well-being. That is not something you're responsible for in the sense that you you are not poking and prodding and pulling those strings. But she did say to me, however, what you are responsible for as a good person is to not make their moods, their emotional well-beings worse. That's what you're responsible for or to make their trauma worse. If they say to you, you know, when you bring when you talk about this sort of thing, it bothers me. Well, as a responsible, mature adult, we should not talk about that thing around that person because it obviously upsets them. And when they're okay, they will bring that up. Same thing with emotions. If someone comes to you and say, man, I'm really depressed. You don't necessarily have to help them. That's not your job per se. But as a good person, you shouldn't try and make that worse. So what do I mean by don't make that worse? Well, don't dogpile on and say something like, which most of us would never say, oh, 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 you'll get over it. Well, you know, like I was thinking the the line in Caddyshack where the one jockeys, the caddy says to Judge Smales, I'm not going to get the scholarship. And he looks at him and says, well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. You know, like the most dismissive response ever. Um, That's as good people. We can't do that. Yeah, you I think you 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 ended up getting to where I was where I was going to tag on to what you're saying, which is like. It, it, it the true crime in this the true crime for us as as leaders at or just as people right is 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 again going back to that whole do no harm thing is like once you know something's wrong what are you going to do about it like what do you do with it now maybe you don't have to do something about it but what are you doing with this information right i i, I always tell the story of um someone on a team confessing to me that they had tried to commit suicide the night before. I don't know how hard it was that they, they tried, but I know they tried because they showed me. And I was like, but the moment it now, if I'd have just said, eh, you'll get over it right now, that's, that's what basically what you're saying, Jay. And I know you wouldn't do that in any situation either. It would just be like, rub some dirt on it. Right. Like that's, that's <laughs> not it. Right. But so I'm just like, okay, well, let's you go, let's even go talk to, right, huh? <laughs> let's go talk to HR. Cause I'm not prepared to handle this, nor are they, so for the yeah. record, don't just talk to them. Do you have a yeah. pastor? Do you have a, a shrink? Do you have a whatever? Yeah. Do you have someone to talk to, right? It, does that sort of person need to be me? Okay, if that's the case, well, here's my here's what I can do up to these boundaries and these limits. I can't fix anything, but I'm happy to listen sort of thing. It's like, when you know, what do you what do you do about it? I mean, uh, it like, left, would you word it another way? I don't know if I'd word it another way, but I also think... This is just such, I I mean, relationships, personal or professional are hard. And just like in your personal life, you need to work at them. And it it takes all the parties involved to continue to work and understand that, you know, (laughs) what, what kind of the stickiness of it all, right? So I don't like to be addressed a certain way. I don't like to, you know, I don't like people to lie to me. You know, I accept all feedback. I don't always like it, but I appreciate when someone feels compelled to share something with me. Now, there are also times where I become defensive and I'm like, well, no, it's because of this. So how do we kind of deal with that friction of of talking and knowing that I'm not trying to fix you. You're not trying to fix me. I'm listening. 
how better can I show up? And, you know, with whether it's, I, I even hate using some of these terms, like powerful questions. Well, how can I be there for you? How can I help? Is there something more I could be doing to support you? What more support from me can I provide? I'm happy to, I, I don't even like saying this. I'm happy to listen, right? That feels kind of yucky, but I love to listen, right? I'm here to support you and love you in any which way I can to help you at least end up somewhere different. It may not be better. It may not be worse. Just explore somewhere different. And how can we continue to work together if this is something that's helpful to continue to evolve and build upon kind of that foundation? And I think that takes a lot of energy, right? I have a day sure. job too, right? So when I'm when I'm a people leader and I am, you know, focusing in on that as well as all the stress from from work, it's hard not to be dismissive sometimes. It's like, geez, every freaking day it's a new freaking problem, right? Like I don't have the time <laughs> or energy, but I think that's okay for me to say I have a really busy day today. You know, let's yeah. I want to talk, right? Like I want to talk and maybe it's I need to put this down. You need to tell me how important it is. To, to have time together at the time you need it, right? And it can't yeah. be always crying wolf because that also puts fatigue on it. So it's having that mutual understanding and revisiting it, whether it's, I hate to say an agreement, but you know that social contract of discussion of how do we need to handle each other knowing that we don't always have time to do certain things and it's not personal. You can't always take it personal unless you're coming across with, screw you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Right. Like you're driving me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That you, you said something in there that, that, uh, that reminded me like the, the, the amount of, um, the, the distance between you two can depend on what our responsibility is in the conversation, right? Like the person that you only talk to once every, you know, 10 weeks for PI planning, um, <laughs> You know, like it's tough for you to have like you have no you really don't have a relationship. It's like friendships, right? There are friendships that I strongly, strongly believe in, but we've not put in the time over the year or, you know, we've either grown apart or the distance from lack of travel and COVID and all that kind of stuff has just made the friendship being a different place kind of a thing. So that person texting me about my loneliness blog post is going to be different from you two that I have nearly daily conversations with, right? Like we put in the, uh, and I'm thankful that you two are on this podcast with me because you two have put in time with me. Like we have time in the saddle as people in each other's lives, like whatever title you want to give it, right? Like y'all are basically family to me at this point in time, right? So like, um, and and for com two, two completely different reasons and they're both great reasons, right? But like, I can say, I can say, like, if I come to you and say, man, this has been one of the worst days in my life, I expect a response to be different from you two than someone that I speak yeah. to at yeah. the Agile conference once a year kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, there is time in the saddle that should matter, that should factor into our response, right? Yeah, yeah there's the there's the establishment of a relationship. Like, so someone... If someone is coming to you, so back to your example with someone who's having some personal struggles with their own life, right? If that's like someone who works for you, who you only kind of sort of know, and they drop that on you, right? That's, whoa, like that's, ah, ah, ah. but I would think 
someone who comes to you and says that there's already ready a pre-existing emotional rapport there, right? Maybe it's emotional rapport. Maybe that's what we call it, where you can go into the, okay, how can I help you? Like, let's talk about this. What more do you need from me? There's, there's a, it's, it's like everything else, right? None of these things are black and white. It's all the nuance. And maybe, maybe what we can do, the, the hint coming out of this, well, the hint coming out of this for me is I need to be more patient with my wife. Because when I come upstairs and I start ranting, sometimes she does try and stop. I, I, I see now after having the conversation with you two jabronis that she is trying to help me solve my problems. And sometimes I should probably tell her and be more specific to say, I'm not looking for you to solve this shit. I just want to vent. And I wonder now I got my, we got me wondering if I'm do, doing it to her. And that's why she keeps making me sleep on the couch. Um, but <laughs> there is you're there's welcome, an emotional Kevin. rapport that you need to be aware of with the people you're dealing with, because it's not. It's not a one size fits all. It's every unique interaction is different and you got to, you have to play it as it goes in that instance. Yeah. You, Left. you, you're, you're, yeah, Jay, I love how you phrase that. And I think one of the things that both of you, you were talking about that kind of sparked this thought in me is like just coming off the holidays to sending out holiday cards. Right. So you let's let's use this scenario. Let's say you send out a hundred holiday cards every year. You send these holiday cards and you get like two in return. Are you sending them to get a response or are you sending them truly because you feel like you just want to send that energy out into the world? Right. So how do we balance those expectations with saying I'm doing this because I want to and I know that I'm not probably going to get the response I right. expect but I'm okay with that. I'm not going to carry that disappointment right. and continue to aggravate myself by sending these cards every year and not get a response that I think I should be getting. Right. So that it's, it's a weird mix. And just like your story with Kim, right? Like how we put a lot of pressure on the people around us, especially when we're having a, a bad day or a tough day and we yeah. expect them what we, we never think, well, maybe they had a bad day too, because we're so captured with, with our own yeah. kind of thought. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. We, I could sit here and talk about this for freaking <laughs> ever, man. This yeah. just to me is, is I know I, it, I it's a little two bit things I have to go yeah. apologize to my wife for when we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do hope that I think my desire of, of kind of talking about this is people take the time to put the work in and put the work and, and really understand that every day shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like work, but some days it does with the people around you, whether it's at work or personal. And if you can't dedicate that time or that person doesn't feel worthy of your investment, you know, it, sometimes it's easier to leave the love, you know, and, and go, or sorry, it's easier to not leave the love, you know, to go experience the love you never knew you could have. So that could really span, right? There's security in knowing the misery is there. And I can constantly rely on that emotion to always be there as opposed to going to explore. And I feel like that blossoms or really does kind of span across what we do for a living is it's easier to do the things we know how to do, even though they make us miserable, as opposed to trying something new that may be better or may not, right? But I patterns are comfortable. I'm comfortable in a pattern. I have a routine. Everyone has routines. It's uncomfortable when you break that routine. And some people live their whole life not being able to break away from those routines 
because that's just how they're wired. And it's interesting to see how to balance that with personal and work. And when we talk about loneliness, sometimes loneliness is a pattern. I'm unhappy with certain things. So I call it loneliness and I'm not dismissing or discounting anyone that feels lonely, but it's comfortable for me to be in that lonely place because everything around me is miserable mm. or I, I make it out to be because I can't get out of my own way. Yeah, especially for sure. especially for people like us whose job it is to fix <laughs> other things, right? Yes. Like, yes. You, there, the Agile conferences may be one of the loneliest places in the world. It's just a bunch of lone wolves <laughs> walking around trying to. Oh, fix everybody's the world. trying to coach each other. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, there's literally no way to end this podcast. Like smoothly and efficiently and also i'm weird at starting and ending things anyways which is why i'm now moving to the cold open sort of a thing but i i will say this um and, and they aren't the only two so if you're listening and are and are wanting a shout out please know that a text that we can text each other as well but the two gentlemen on this podcast have shown up for me uh in, in day in day out whether they wanted to or not in ways that that um, that are meaningful, and because of that, I'm I can I am now in a place where I can talk about this, I can write about this, and I feel healthier because if we just destigmatize this and make it okay to say I'm lonely, like leaders, it's okay to talk about how you felt lonely in a room full of your family because they annoy the ever living piss out of you, or maybe you didn't get to see family because they are either long gone or they've moved away, or, you know, the friendships that have been gone, like, there is a piece of you that is lonely, right? Everybody is struggles with mental health, right? Everybody struggles with feeling, feeling isolated. You've done it. Maybe what you should do is find one person that needs to hear it and say it. And I'm thankful these two gentlemen have done it. So, um, uh, been there for me and and hopefully if I haven't already I can still continue to do that so with that I will say on behalf of Jay Hirschko Andrew Leff I am Chris Merman thanks and have a great new year <laughs> <laughs>